Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of High Character. Uh, we are coming off the disaster of a weekend against BC. Uh, there's no way to really put it other than that. My name is Cameron. I'm here with Evan. Evan, how you doing? I'm crushed. I There's no other way to put it. I'm, I'm not feeling great. It's, this is not a good... This is a low point in the season. Like... There's there was so much to play for, we didn't show up. Other teams in the conference had stuff to play for, and they did show up. It's it's crushing. It it hurts my soul to even do this episode right now. Like I want to just curl up into a ball, and I can't. It's it's so tough. Yeah, for if if you don't know, uh, UMass coming into this weekend needed just two points. And they would have been crowned the regular season champions for Hockey East, just two points. Uh, they laid an absolute egg versus BC, one of the worst teams in the conference. Got zero points, and then there was still a chance for UMass to win the regular season championship if um, if Northeastern didn't get four points this weekend, and they got all six. So Northeastern is your Hockey East regular season champion. There will need, be no banner for that going up in Mullins next season. And yeah, it's UMass just absolutely choked away what could have been an, an amazing weekend. And a weekend when they had an amazing turnout at BC, an amazing crowd at Mullins on senior night for all of the seniors on the team. It's just, it's really tough to swallow. Yeah, I mean, just the fact... It it literally happened in the most heartbreaking fashion possible. Like we we go into Mullins East, at least that's what it was at the time, also known as the Conti Forum, and played decently for a bit and then just really couldn't get anything going into the third period. Like we literally score point two seconds after the goal like after the end of the game horn goes and like we were this close from from at least tying it, getting something out of it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Could have got the two points right there, and that would have been enough, in theory. And then we we come over to Mullins. We tie the game up with three minutes to go. And then odd man rush proves to be the difference maker for BC. And then we're thinking, all right, well, we didn't do our job. Maybe Merrimack can help us out a little bit. Game 0-0 zero, zero, with 10 seconds left. All of a sudden, Merrimack ices the puck. And then, all all North all Merrimack has to do is get it to overtime, and UMass would be a co-champion. And then yeah, because Lowell ended up winning, so yeah. that that already made us co-champions at that point. But like, hey, it's something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And then ten seconds left, Northeastern wins it. It's like everything had like at the very end, the bitter end of every all the three games that really mattered that we were intently focused on. Just everything went wrong at the last possible moment, and it's just it sucks. Yeah, just just a disastrous outcome for every aspect of this weekend. Uh, let's jump into the games. We're going to try to run through these a little bit quicker than normal. Um, game one, Friday night at Conti Forum in Newton. Big UMass crowd showed up. Uh, loud UMass crowd. Their UMass fans uh, were louder than the BC fans for the whole night on BC Senior Night, which was pretty crazy. Um, and in the first period... Uh, pretty even, uh, period for the most part. And then 
near the end of the period, just a really pretty pass from Bobby to set up Garrett Waite. Connection you guys have seen quite a bit over the last two years to make it one nothing. Yeah, I mean, this goal was kind of a byproduct of the system that I could at least tell that BC was playing against us, where they were playing really tight to our demon. Um, a lot of our playmaking tends to come from our demon, like Moro and Ufko and you know, guys like that. You know, super skilled guys that can pick out passes and make really smart plays. And what they were doing because of that is they were kind of leaving behind the net a little bit more open because they were kind of playing more more pressed up in the zone. Um, and we just kind of took advantage. Like, Bobby is such a strong skater down in that area. Like, mm-hmm. you can't really push him off the puck. Like, he uses his body so well to shield the puck and kind of gets an opportunity to just kind of like basically deliver a cross crease pass, you know, yeah. like he kind of skates from behind the net right up towards the face off dot, does a little reverse move and then sends it the other way on his forehand right across the crease. And Garrett Wade kind of takes a little second, corrals the puck. And I think he slips at five hole on the sprawling goalie. Um, it's a nice goal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I wish we had more like that because it would have been great to net a couple more, but I mean, that was a pretty one. So it's a good goal there, but as you'll see, things went a little bit more south later on. Yeah, and uh, that was the only scoring for the first period. I did want to point out uh, Murray had two stone-cold, fantastic yeah. saves in the first period to keep it um, keep it where it was. In the second, a uh, lot of time went off without scoring. A um, lot of penalties against UMass. Definitely a favorable whistle for BC in this one on their home ice on their senior night. I mean, if you're a UMass fan, you've really come to expect that for a Boston school especially in Boston. Uh, it was tough, though, at times. And then uh, near the end of the period, uh, Trevor Kunter on BC evened it up, um, made it 1-1. I frankly don't even remember this goal. Yeah. I like. I am just so blinded by, I don't even want to say rage, but just disappointment. Like, I'm trying to think of what even happened there. I think it was, I know one of the goals, I'm pretty sure, in that game was on a cross crease. And then the other one was like a shot from the point that got that just like got through, I think. But it was a situation where they were taking it up the sideboards, and uh, a couple players kind of got wrapped up and gave a BC player kind of an open walk towards the net. So yeah, uh, yeah, that tied it at one. UMass took another penalty at the very end of the second to go into the third, and then Jack McBain on BC took advantage of it immediately at the start of the third for power play goal to make it two to one. Yeah, this one I actually do remember. Um I actually do a little bit of it's it's cool. I actually know what I'm talking about sometimes. Um <laughs> yeah, this one was a case, I think it was up along the left point. Um defenseman gets it. Sees an open lane to just kinda like do a little slap pass towards the net and I think it went slightly to what would be Murray's left, but I guess from the perspective we were looking at our right and McBain's literally just sitting on the doorstep like mm-hmm. Didn't even have anybody there, and he just redirects it. You know what I mean? Like, the puck was already behind Murray, thinking, like, okay, yeah, it's going wide. It's going directly to McBain's stick, and he just taps it in. It's like, we I don't know if it was a case where we were just caught sleeping, but, like, we did not have the net front presence there to cut out the pass or do anything there, which is super disappointing. But, yeah, it, that's another crap goal to give up. You know what I mean? Like, you start giving BC a little bit of momentum in their home stadium, and it's like, what the hell? Yeah, uh, and that was at the beginning of the third period. Uh, that score stayed all the way up until the very end. UMass put quite the flurry together near the end of the third period. Um, 
a lot of chaos in front of the net. Lepster ended up putting the puck in the net, but like Evan said in the beginning, it was half a second too too long into the period, and the buzzer had already gone off. And yeah, that was that was the final score, two to one. Really, really disappointing outcome with the crowd that UMass drew with the the implications that if you win your the hockey East regular season champions, just disappointing effort all around. I know the the calls are something that we touched on that was disappointing, but at the end of the day, uh, it was BC just kind of clogging up UMass in every every chance they could. UMass really couldn't get any anything solid strung together. Yeah, I mean, I want to give BC credit. I think we were kind of ragging on them in the series preview, like, oh, yeah, senile Jerry York, you know what I mean? Like, just making those types of jokes, but, like, they, they were very well prepared for their game against us. Um, a couple of things that I noticed was, again, like, they were playing very tight to our points because, like, our defensemen were just very hell-bent on creating chances. And when you have two guys, like, we like to do a lot of D-to-D passes, just kind of saucing it across like that, and they were having none of that. Um, part of it, I think, was because I think they play on smaller ice than we do. Mm-hmm. Usually when we play at Mullins, we tend to have a little bit more space to get that going. Um a little bit more congested at the Conti Forum, um, just because the ice is smaller. Um, another thing too was BC's breakout, mm. super good. Um, I think what we kind of tend to do is we'll like usually have three of our forwards try and pressure, and that usually frees up the like their slot to have a guy just kind of loop in and take any sort of breakout pass, and then they'll have three guys going forward, only two of ours going back. Yeah. Um, tends to create some mismatches. I think they did a really good job of breaking out the puck, just finding that open man in the slot to start sending it towards the neutral zone. Um, those are the main things that I saw off the top of my head. Um, they played super well. They defended really well in the third period. We could not get anything going in that third period. Yeah. Like, you could kind of tell that B, like BC were kind of turtling a little bit once yeah. they kind of got that lead, but it's all they had to do at the end of the day. Like, their goalie, I got to, yeah, I mean, I'm going to mention this too in the second game. Eric Dopp, that dude, what the hell. We had a couple of just unbelievable chances where he just stonewalled us. It was unreal. Yeah, this whole series, he really outplayed his stats on the season for sure. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty impressive showing, but you'll, you'll hear more of that after game two. Anything anything else from this game that I mean, just the thing about? with Dopp, the dude's, dude's riding a streak right now. Like mm-hmm. I think he did the same exact thing against BU. Yeah. Like, they're on a three-game streak right now, and goalie's been a part of all three of those wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Sometimes you just face a hot goalie, but, like, it's, like, I get it. The goalie played well. BC played well. But, like, we got to do better. We have yeah. higher expectations than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Especially against the eighth-place team in the conference. Exactly. Like, I don't even read too much into the standings because, man, it's hockey. It's hockey East. Yeah. You know, anything can happen. But, like, if we're trying to win a natty and we're trying to win the Hockey East playoffs, we got to do better than this. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. I don't care that we scored, what was it, 13 goals last series against Vermont. That's all a race now. That's in the past. We got to look forward. Like, you got to do better than that. You can't put in these two performances and expect that to be the difference maker. Like, we just got to do better. Like, again, secondary scoring wasn't really, like, it was mainly that first line again. Like, it's becoming the the only goal in this game. Yeah, it's so frustrating to see that, like, we, we talk about all the time, like, how good of a player Bobby is. We don't have him next season. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he, for some reason, takes a graduate year. Like, he would become, he would get free drinks every time he comes to <laughs> the Monkey Bar or wherever the hell in UMass. He's watching the McMurphys. That dude's getting free rounds on the house. But 
I don't see an, a, a future where he does that. I pray he does. But once he's gone, man, it's like, what do we have? I'm, you know, like, I'm hoping that other guys step it up on this team because I know that they can. Yeah. We saw that against Vermont. Secondary scoring was very good against Vermont. But the moment we're playing slightly better teams, it's like, what's going on here? Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to rag on the boys. Like, I love these guys to death, but it's like, they got to step up. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's a, that's a fact. I don't think anybody's going to really sit there and try and dispute it. Right. I think they know just as well. You know what I mean? So right. it's kind of an open challenge from the high character boys, or at least for me, Evan O'Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to speak for you. You know what <laughs> I mean? This is, you know, you have your own opinions yeah. as well, but I'm really just trying to give an open challenge. I'm like, please, we got to get some, we got to help out the rest of the team here and right. really make a difference. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into some of the more big picture things after yeah. after we go through this second game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, game two, UMass, another chance to hoist the the Hockey East regular season championship trophy in front of the home fans, senior night, really, really good crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and BC uh, quieted very early, four minutes into the first period, Jack McBain again uh, on a on a pretty weird goal that uh, Murray didn't really ever see. And it went up, up back from behind the net yep. and kind of just got him on the low blocker side yeah that was a super weird goal like I was kind of sitting there I'm like did that even go in because like it, I think it was a shot it was either from the point or like the face-off dot that just yeah. kind of hit behind the back um the back glass and just kind of ricocheted back out front and it was McBain we said yeah yep. he was just on the doorstep and just kind of chipped away at it and just kind of went like underneath I think the I don't know what you would call it, the armpit area yeah. yeah that's the term and <laughs> yeah I'm trying to think of anatomy here while I'm talking sports mm. but um yeah, super weird goal. I mean, I'm not sure if it's a case of Murray just kind of not being able to figure out which way it went. Maybe there was like a communication issue out front. But, I mean, in the same vein, defenseman's got to be there to clear that out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't always expect your goalie to just have an active stick like that and be able to swipe everything right. away. Got to give him a little bit of help. Right. So. Yeah, and this this first half of the first period was pretty much all BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, UMass had a couple, couple of tough penalties. Um, and... About nine minutes into the first, BC capitalized one on one of them a uh, a pass from the the blue line to the open stick right in front of the the empty net um, to make it two nothing. Yeah, I mean another kind of common theme we see is just people out in front of the net mm-hmm. getting stuff done. Um, it's been something that we've talked about in the past couple recaps. I feel like it's been kind of a common theme. I'm not sure what the reason is for and I'm not sure if it's like a game pointing thing like they're just finding pockets of space better than we can react to I don't know if it's a game plan thing where we just saying you know maybe it's Murray's responsibility and maybe he has to be the guy to clear out those things I have no idea yeah I'm not a part of the coaching staff um so I can't speak too you know clearly about those types of things but it's just something we got to work on like especially yeah. when it's two nothing like that like it just deflated the hell out of that building like right it it's so tough because we we were thinking the whole like the whole ride up here we're like we gotta score first we got we got we got to get everybody behind this team yep. get the momentum get the crowd going and like you know one nothing you think all right that's a little bit of a stinger we just get one right back and we're right back in this but two nothing it's like it's tough what like come on boys yeah really deflating it it added to to just another poor weekend for UMass on the mm-hmm. penalty kill that was the the second power play goal of the series for mm-hmm. BC. Uh, definitely something that needs to improve against 
the more national opponents that we hope to see further down the line if you if you give these power plays to to BC to or if you give power plays like we gave to BC to like Minnesota like Michigan, State, yeah. Michigan, yeah, all those high like, powered teams. They're gonna capitalize on it. I mean, Maine is scoring power play goals on us. Like it's <laughs> for real. It's it's really gotta improve going forward. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so that made it two nothing BC. Uh definitely took the air out of the crowd. But UMass got one back at twelve thirty five. Lucas Mercury tipped home a little uh shot from the point. Make it two to one. Yeah, it was a lovely tip. I mean, the hand-eye yeah. coordination on, yeah. on display there was very nice. You could tell he was wicked hyped after that. The celly was immaculate. He was really trying to get the the fans going. Um, you know, I appreciate that. That's obviously always a really good thing, especially when you're down that much. Like, got to get some energy back into the building. I think we were kind of we we looked a little bit better going up until that goal. But then after that goal was scored, we turned up a different gear. Mm. I think that was kind of a big turning point in the period. It was like, all right, we got some energy back. Fans are back into it. Like we had some let's go you match chance in yeah. there. They start feeding off that energy. Um, we looked a lot better for the rest of that period. I mean, you're Definitely. probably going to go into a couple more specifics or something. But, yeah, it was a hell of a period after that mm-hmm. point. Like once, the, once that second goal was kind of erased and we got one back, it was super good from the boys. And that momentum carried through to the second period as well. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the last 10 minutes of the first and then the full second period, UMass dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really looked like themselves uh, playing with a chip on their shoulder. Um, nobody scored in the second period, so it stayed 2-1 to one going into the first. But you're right, I think UMass definitely found that other gear after seeing BC score two quick ones on them. Yeah, I mean, we were we were out shooting them at that point. I think we were up in the 30s, and they were in, like, the mid-teens, mid, the mid like teens, I yep. guess. They were probably, like, 15, 16 shots. We were almost double their shots, and yeah. it's like we had so many. We, we had quite a few chances, like a couple of cross-creasers where Dopp's just sitting there, like, gloving them out and making blocks. Yeah, Dopp was phenomenal it's in like, this one. what is going on here, boys? Yeah, uh, Dopp for sure had a couple highlight reel saves. In this one, and then uh, two to one into the third, you think UMass with the momentum they had going forward really had a chance to take over this one, and a very quick goal by Nikita Nestorenko, uh, about two minutes into the third, uh, took the wind out of the sails yet again for for UMass. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think this was the this was the odd man rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Far too many of those in this in, series too. In just in general. Yeah. Like, and I think. We've kind of clued in a little bit as to part of the reasons, like we've been talking to some other fans as well. Um, but I mean, just from what we've noticed ourselves, like we play kind of aggressive. It seems like in our in our ozone, like a lot of pinches up, um, which kind of leaves us a bit more exposed. And for some reason, I don't know what it is about odd man rushes against UMass, but they convert so many. Yeah, they do. Like it always just seems like the teams that play against us just know like what passes to make what what shots to pick like it's it's uncanny because and there's going to be a little bit of a frustration here and like I don't want to say a rant like a mini rant like we get scored on so many different times from odd man rushes it seems like and we can never seem to convert them ourselves like obviously like there was a Vermont side exactly yeah. Vermont side that was the key that was my caveat yeah. that I, or caveat whatever sure. it's not an sure. English, not an English class but you know what I'm talking about the preface mm-hmm. um to that to that mini rant like other than that it seems like we always have difficulties scoring on odd man rushes either we shooting it right at the goalie which normally I'm a proponent of like I think of it if it's a case of you know the goalie makes the save fair play 
You got to challenge them a bit more, though. Like, I've noticed that we shoot them right at the chest. Yeah. Like, if you're trying to shoot, like, under armpit or something, and you're trying to get cute with it, five hole, whatever, fair play to you. You know, make it a good shot. But it seems like a lot of the times it'll be a two-on-one. They usually cover the pass, and then when we try and shoot, the shot's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like every time it's harmlessly blockered away or whatever, and I don't know. It's been kind of getting on my nerves recently. It's just something that I've noticed. It's it's really unfortunate. No, it's fair. I, I mean, we obviously don't have stats on odd man rush conversion yeah. rates or anything like that, but it does definitely seem by the by the eye test. That I was going to say, everything that we yeah. do on this podcast is basically eye test. Yeah. I don't think we're running any... With Katie Yates, advanced <laughs> analytics or anything. Congratulations to her, by the way. Yes, honored on senior night. Of course. Yeah, we're not the advanced kind of stats guys. We we watch the games and tell you what we think. Exactly. But, um, yeah, that that made it three one. UMass answered pretty quickly. They got a power play, and then uh, three minutes into the third, Anthony Delgado, the senior, tipped home a, a point shot from Matt Kessel to make it three two. Yeah, that's something I've noticed a lot too. Is just our ability to have like Matt Kessel or Elfco or something on like the very top of that power play area. Mm-hmm. Like basically, if you were to pull back the slot about another ten feet, like right up along the blue line. His air, like that's his area. You yep. know what I mean. Basically, most of our quarterbacking uh, defensemen, they're just able to get very good shots on net, very tippable pucks. You know what I mean. Like, and Del Guys was a beast in front of that. That man plays with so oh, much yeah. edge. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. Big fan of Del Guys though. Um, I'm really happy that he got a goal tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's been a big energy guy. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. just loves hitting people. He's just a hockey guy. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. that's just it's what he does. Um. Really happy for him. I think that's kind of his spot, kind of out in front of the net, either screening people, tipping pucks in, knocking home rebounds. He's just that type of dude, power forward type. Yeah. So very happy for him on this play. Yeah, same here. And then uh, UMass really got the crowd into it mm-hmm. when halfway through the third, uh, Scott Morrow just had an absolutely nasty goal, skating past a bunch of guys and tucking one home to tie the game. That was uh the the highlight of the of the series. Yeah, man's a human highlight reel. Like straight up, his his ability to be shifty with the puck. Like he's sitting there like skating almost bow legged, and he's just able to like <laughs> sit there and serpentine around. It's unbelievable. He doesn't even do much, but guys get fooled. Exactly, like, he's so shifty. Like he'll that. he'll lull you to sleep, and then yeah. he'll just make quick ass movements that just completely surprise the defense. And he was just kind of gliding into the zone. Finds it was it kind of reminds me of um forget which team it was against, but Bobby's little backhander mm-hmm. that he had, again, just kind of gliding into the zone. This time was a forehand shot, though, but he basically, I think he pinged it off the far post. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the like he had a sliver about the size of a puck to get it into, yep. and he put it right there. It was such a beautiful shot. His ability to kind of shield the puck the whole time so nobody could get it off of him, it was an amazing play. Um yeah, this, you know, usually I have a couple of, you know, negative things to say about Moro when it comes to, like, turnovers or, you know, some sort of, you know, stinky play or whatever. But this time, it was unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, he... His, the, his, the high end of his ability is, like, higher than almost everybody. Like, yeah. It's fantastic. I, I cannot wait to see this man next season. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, I think he's going to have a kale level jump. Like, I sure hope so. I, I genuinely yeah. think so. Like, just a little bit more maturity to his game. Because he has all the all the assets, you know yep. what I mean? It's yep. just a matter of putting them together more consistently. And I think he's going to be unbelievable. Like, I'm talking hockey's player of the year. Yeah. Hobie Baker candidate next season. I, I have those types of aspirations for him. Yeah. And I'm hoping that he reaches it. And what you saw in this play was just a glimpse of that. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... 
UMass really buzzing at this point, crowd mm-hmm. into it, really hoping to, to get another goal, take home the, the trophy. And uh, they had their chances for sure. Uh, a lot of penalties on BC yeah. uh, in the second and third periods that didn't get capitalized on except for that Del Gaizo goal. And then the real the real heartbreaker, three minutes left in the game, uh, Patrick Giles gets the puck uh, on the three-on-one and just nips it home unassisted, just took all the wind out of the sails again. Yep. Just really tough. Yeah, again, I mean, we were playing very aggressive up to this point. Um, we were really searching for that fourth goal to win it, and it kind of burned us a little bit. I think we got a little too over-aggressive. Mm-hmm. All the forwards were forechecking super hard, and I mean the energy level was there, and the work like the work rate was there, but just puck squirts out of the zone, they get guys forward with speed, and these types of things are gonna happen. It's kind of a risk reward thing, mm-hmm. and again, it bit us in the ass this time. But I don't, I mean it was a good shot, you know what I mean? Like it's one of those cases where you really can't expect too much out of Murray there. Like it's essentially a breakaway with how far the defenseman was shifting over. I don't remember. Who the defenseman was off the top of my head, um, but I mean he was basically taking away the other two passes, and yeah. it's essentially just a breakaway on Murray at that point. But it was a good shot. I wish it wouldn't be an odd man rush, you know what I mean? But again, it kind of brings into my little mini rant from before. It's like, how is that everybody else is able to pick corners like that, and we can't? Mm-hmm. Like there, we've had chances to do that on two on ones or whatever, and it seems like the goalies are just able to take away angles just better. Like I don't know if it's a problem yeah. with shooting. I don't know if it was a Murray, like maybe we're just expecting too much out of Murray. I have no idea. Right. But it's just something that I've noticed. Maybe other people can chime in. You know what I mean? Like give us a, shoot us a DM on Twitter or something like that with your thoughts. I have no idea. Right. But it's been super weird in my opinion. And I mean, I mean the main, the main problem just starts with where, where are those odd man rushes coming from Mm -hmm. to begin with? I mean, it, it was pretty evident in this series at least that the the d-men for umass were playing super aggressively and pinching down mm-hmm. which caused uh a lot of if you get a good breakout pass you get an on-man rush type situations and uh seems like seems like a lot of those have been happening lately with the d-men pinching as much and they as they do the uh that could pay off obviously mm-hmm. if you're if you're able to score off of it it creates better chances down low but um that's where those rushes are coming from and UMass not doing a good job defending them. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of piggyback off of that, because I think you bring up some good points, like, the reason why the defensemen, at least in my opinion, had to play so aggressive was because the forwards for BC were pinching up, well, not pinching up, but kind of gapping up on them and really trying to take away their space as much as possible. So, because we weren't really able to run our kind of, like, traditional, like, really just get a lot of zone time, like, even without the the, the power play, you know what I mean? Like, just having regular five-on-five zone time, it had to be generated from behind the net, essentially, Mm -hmm. like in those low corners, because any time we would try and get the puck up to our defensemen that are so good at playmaking, they collapse on them almost immediately and give them no time to make any moves. So they kind of had to pinch up a little bit more and kind of make themselves a bit more available, you know, just try and get away from the people that were marking them. But, again, just... You gotta make better plays with the puck and limit yeah. those turnovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, fair play to BC. They play well. You know, I'm not completely, you know, just completely destroying the boys right now. But like, we needed two points. Right. We needed two two points. An OT win. Two OT losses. Whatever. Just two freaking points. Mm-hmm. 
obviously we're expecting six here. It's BC, especially on such a disappointing season from them. Yeah. That's like, you know, putting putting aside the the hockey east regular season implications, even pair wise, like these are gonna this I don't even think we, we checked it yet. I like, got it up right here. Okay, if you got it right here, I mean that's basically my end of the rant to this game. Game yeah. is over after this point. Yeah, UMass had had a chance to tie it up, but they couldn't get the puck out of their own mm-hmm. their own D zone. So that's how the game ended four to three. Really, really disappointing for the 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 whole team and especially the seniors on their senior night. Luckily, they'll get one more game at at Mullins. But yeah, you mentioned pairwise. UMass is down to twelfth in the pairwise, which we're we're getting we're in a situation now if. If UMass loses their home playoff game on Saturday, there is a solid shot with however the, the conference tournaments play out that UMass doesn't get an at-large bid into the national tournament, which I never thought that we'd be here saying at the end of the season, but it's definitely a real and scary possibility. It wasn't even the fact about saying that at the end of the season. I wouldn't have expected to have said that after last weekend. Yeah. Like, what? God, man, like, I just, I'm at a loss for words, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even want to speak that possibility into ex- into existence, like, it's, it's just heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know. I feel like, at, at, in the same vein, though, like, I feel like a lot of the issues that we've been showing throughout the season really came out in full swing tonight, and obviously last night as well, like, just this weekend in general, like... We just, I don't know what it is. It just seems like it's mainly the first forward line from, you know, against against really solid opponents, that's what it is. Right, right. And, of course, you, you want to, that's what your first line is for. They're meant to score the most goals. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, what I notice from a lot of other teams, especially when we do our research, to, you know, for the game previews or whatever, we look at all the other teams, you know, stats and what all their players are doing individually. A lot of other teams are very... Like they're they're much more well distributed with their points. Mm-hmm. Like, we're so lucky to have a guy like Bobby Trevino, and have his sort of point production. But based and I mean, obviously, it's a good problem to have when you have your star guy have so many points. But it's like once you get once you get rid of that first line, drops off of a cliff. Like we go from like what forty five points or something from Bobby, and then maybe like high twenties from Wait and Lapina. Or something to that effect. Yeah. And obviously Lapina gets a pass because he was injured for a lot of the time. He's still yeah. probably rocking point per game, though. He's doing his thing. And then, you know, you look at our second line guys. They're in, like, maybe, what, 10, 15 points? Like, Definitely not an even distribution, that's for sure. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm complaining too much. Maybe I'm being overcritical. I'm not sure. Um, But just from what I've noticed, and this is just kind of off the top of my head, but I don't... I don't know, I just don't like what I'm saying. This, right. this is scary. It's a really troubling outcome. I, I think in Friday's game, UMass just got beat by the better team that night. Mm-hmm. Um, BC seemed like they wanted it more. They they cut off passes at every chance. They just mm-hmm. they played as the better team on Friday night, plain and simple. Saturday night, UMass doubled them in shots. Yeah. And it seemed like UMass had the momentum for almost the entire game, and they still, they still have this outcome. I just, I, it's really hard to pinpoint anymore, like what these issues are, because this isn't the first time of UMass 
outshooting the opponent mm-hmm. still coming in like with a heartbreaking loss it seems to be happening quite a bit actually lately yeah yes. like one of the one of the big things that i notice and especially in a lot of um like carville press conferences he uses the term scratch and claw a lot which that's completely like i i love that idea just being able to claw your way back into a game mm-hmm. but we need to start dominating and not scratching and clawing we need to <laughs> impose our will onto a team like We've been hovering around that, you know, 7 to 11 kind of ranking spot in the pairwise and all those, you know, advanced ranking metrics or whatever, like the polls or whatever. Um, but we're not, we, we really, again, besides that Vermont series, like last time we really dominated a team, like dominated was that Northeastern game. Right. That's 6 nothing. Like, or at least in my recent memory, I'm going kind of off the cuff here. But... We, we're not playing like a team that should be top 10 ranked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you need to be able to just get imposing dominant victories. Like, we've had a lot of quote-unquote character wins where we come from behind, but that's not what a good team does. A good team doesn't get into that situation to begin with. Right. At least in my opinion. You know what I mean? Maybe other people have different opinions, but that's just... It seems like a case of we're never truly dominating. Like... If we're pounding the rock like that and scratching and clawing and getting all these, you know, crazy shot opportunities and we're not getting rewarded for it, it's like, what are we doing here? You know right. what I mean? Like, what are we scratching and clawing towards? A loss? Like, we got to right. eventually get that that victory. And it's, again, I might be getting a little bit overcritical just with all the context surrounding this series. Like, you know, Northeastern with, again, the heartbreaking 10-second win against Merrimack, you know what I mean? Like, that's just another gut punch. Like, that, it's kind of amplifying all the things that I'm thinking right now because I might have a completely different tone right now if we're hanging up a banner that says Coach Champions. You know what I mean? Whatever. I still wouldn't be happy with the weekend, but I'd be less upset with it, Mm -hmm. you know, considering everything else. Right. I Yeah, yeah. I also don't want to be overly critical about this, but at the same time, you like, this team really needs to look in the mirror. If you, if you think about it at this point, this... This team doesn't really have it, which which isn't to say that they can't get it back as we go into the playoffs and the no. tournament or something like that. But like the way this team has played in the second half of the season, they don't really have it. And like in the first half, there were so many come from behind, like uh, last minute goals, like crazy finishes, crazy mm-hmm. good wins, that kind of thing. Uh, we kind of really built up a cushion in hockey East with that. But at this moment, this team doesn't seem to show quite what you'd want to see from a team going into the playoffs, which, like I said, could obviously change at a moment's notice, but mm-hmm. um, not, I I don't know. I don't want to be too critical. I'm just not yeah. too impressed with, with like what I'm seeing lately. Like, like just walking through like my, my very brief thought process along all this, like when I look on Instagram, right. And I'm seeing like recaps of scores from like other conferences and stuff. I'm seeing teams like, like you know, Minnesota State or something like that, like something out west, you know, or whatever is it, uh, CCHA, whatever the, what? NCDC, yeah. whatever the hell it is. Bunch of different conferences out west with all these top-ranked teams. They're blowing teams out 8 nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you know you're a really solid program. You know, like, we're doing that type of stuff against Vermont. Like, fair enough. But, like, that's that's really it. You know, like, we were playing Maine. At that, at that time, who was in the exact same spot, like basically bottom of the pairwise. We were up, you know, very high up. Yeah. And we're losing. Like, 
what like good teams don't have crazy blips like that. You know what I mean? Like Quinnipiac is out here. They were like twenty six and four at one point. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like granted, their overall quality of competition is much lower. But in all those games where they're playing lower pairwise ranked teams, they're out here doing their thing, shutting them out. Mm -hmm. All the damn, they have like 15, 16 shutouts this season. Like, that's a good team. You know what I mean? Like, we're not, and again, that kind of loops back to the whole, like, I can't remember the last time we got a shutout. Like, you know, like we used to always, you know, like we were looking back at the Vermont series, they would always get one minimum. Mm -hmm. First, the very first thing that we said when during the BC game on Friday, that we, we got scored against, they always get one. Like, we've never had, or at least, you know, recently, we haven't had a very dominant defensive performance where we're just mm -hmm. completely locking them down and they have no chance to score whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, they always at least get a couple of really high chance opportunities, and that right. scares me. Because those upper echelon teams that, at this point, we can hopefully play in the tournament because it's not even a guarantee anymore. That we're, we got to limit those because those teams are going to be able to capitalize on those much better. Right, so it's it's a scary play, right. and you saw and you saw that play out when we played Michigan, yeah, um, earlier this year. Saw that play out against BC this weekend. Yeah, like we didn't give them a whole lot to work with. Right, you know, but when they did, they were lethal. You know, and don't get me wrong, Murray had a couple of unbelievable saves. You know, especially in the the away game. Yep. at Conti, like that first period, man shut down a couple of unbelievable cross creases in a span of about two minutes. Like fair enough, man. Like right. he was doing his thing out there. But I, I just uh, wanted to throw this out. Since the start of 2022, UMass's record is 10 and 8. And six of those games were against Vermont, Maine, and LIU. Yeah. So, so that kind of shows what's happening at the moment. Obviously, a couple high quality wins against Northeastern were mixed in there. The win at Lowell felt really good. Win. Yep. The win at UConn, but other than that, like this this team's this team's got to turn it up to a new level for the playoffs. Is is we what need I'm we need like say. new new mass. Like yeah. we're, we're doubling up on the adjective now. Yeah. Like, like new mass was great. We had we had that natty last season. We got to turn it up to a whole new level this time. Yeah, like it's not even a matter of just doing what we did before because that's not good enough. You know what I mean? Like we had some dudes on that team last season. Who are now, you know, on other on other programs. You know what I mean? Like they either transferred right. they're going into the AHL or whatever. Now we gotta find just a completely new mentality and just kick it into not even fifth gear, sixth gear. You know right. what I mean? Like just we gotta we gotta figure it out right now. And we've been right. saying this for a couple weeks now. Like like LIU series, like, all right guys, you know, we can kinda impose our will on a team, get some confidence. Barely skirted through those games, you yeah. know what I mean? Thinking, okay, main series. All right, guys, you know, now we can really start kicking the, the bottom tier of Hockey East. We lost one of those games. Like, yeah. what what the hell, boys? Right. I really I really hope if, if you're somebody, like, on the team or in the program listening to this, like, we don't want to sound like we're ragging on the no. team. Like, I think, I think our expectations of what could be for the playoffs and, like, national tournament, that kind of thing, uh, are – like we we think this team can get there. It's just more of like, like we see it in moments throughout the season mm -hmm. of that special kind of team. It's just not we haven't seen it lately. Like for the better part of twenty twenty two, we haven't. Like the, the big thing that I've noticed is consistency. Yeah. Like we kind of you know like we get a couple wins and we think all right boys are gelling now. We're really starting to find our groove. Like Carvel said, we're really starting to find our identity. 
and then we get a couple losses, and then it's like, all right, well, where'd that go? Yeah. Like, it seems like we're right back at square one again. Yeah. And I feel like we're kind of just talking in circles here, just harping on yeah. it. Yeah. But... Let's jump into our awards. Yeah. Uh, this will be pretty quick. Uh, <laughs> our first award we normally give is CCC, Carvel's Character and Compete, and we just decided that we didn't want to give this award out for this week, honestly. Um, the job was to get two points this weekend, and the team didn't get any. Didn't so... Um, we really don't feel like we're able to give it out to anybody. Nobody, nobody really nobody got really, the job done. Nobody really stood out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and the same goes for our good try UMass award. Like nobody really stood out as like blowing the series by any stretch. It was just it was like a microcosm of small mistakes. Yeah. Just like kind of a team effort to, to, to what got to where it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, our custom award is going to be the do your job award. And that goes to Northeastern because they had to do a hell of a lot to get the hockey East regular season championship going into this weekend. And they did, they got all six points against a really good Merrimack team and edged out UMass for the, the regular season championship. This kills me to hear this, man. Like, it's just, we, we had such good expectations. Like I was looking forward to this all week. Like, I couldn't even focus at work on Friday. You know what I mean? Like, just thinking, like, all right, you know, taking the green line right into Conti. Like, we're going to take this place over. It's going to be a great weekend. Thinking, all right, you know, we get the three points at Conti. I can kick back and relax at Mullins. You know what I mean? Just enjoy the rest of my time. And I'm sitting there with a pit in my stomach through both of those games. Like, just why can't anything? Like, I get it. Nothing's ever easy, especially when you're a college hockey team in Hockey East. Never going to be easy. You got to earn it. But, like... We made it so difficult on ourselves. Like, and I don't think it was necessarily, like, just purely our fault. You know what I mean? But, like, we just got to do better than that. Yeah. We got we to gotta hold ourselves to that to that high Carvel standard. Like, standards to win games. That's what it's all about. Right. And we didn't do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you'll see, uh, like, quotes after the game here and there of, like, strong team effort just didn't go our way. Like, the other team played well, that kind of thing. And, like, for the most part, I agree with it. But at the same time, like, it's at the point now, it doesn't matter if it's a good effort or a bad effort. It only matters what the, on the score scoreboard? ends yeah. up being because that determines the fate of the future for the playoffs. So let's jump into to what happened out uh, away from these two games Lovely. in Hockey East. Obviously, like we said, Merrimack took both against Northeastern. Or no, Northeastern took both against Merrimack and won Hockey's regular season championship. That bumps Merrimack down to um, playing on Wednesday for the Hockey's playoffs. Um, Lowell played UNH, and they won both games as well. Got all six points, and Lowell ends up in a tie with UMass for second place in the standings at 46 points. Um, Providence didn't play... I frankly don't care about the outcomes of everything else. Yeah, I mean, it basically, because it's not going to directly affect yeah. us. It's basically just who plays who, and I mean, at that point, we'll know exactly what's going on by Wednesday. Right. So yeah, we don't we don't know who UMass will be playing yet. It'll be one of the following teams: Merrimack, Providence, BC, New Hampshire, Vermont, or Maine. And if I th- I think this is correct, but uh. UMass should get the second worst mm-hmm. team out of the the three winners from those six teams, three games. So, 
Um, not what we expected this oh. episode to be at the start of the weekend, but it's where we are now. It's it's what we got to deal with. Um, big <laughs> turns turns the game on Saturday. Next Saturday, the the playoff game into a monstrous task. Big it could be our last game of the season. Huge, yeah, <laughs> huge implications if. UMass doesn't get the job done. Really scary going into the weekend after that for the selection show. Yeah. Um. Any final thoughts on on what we? I saw? was going to ask you. Do you do you have a preference of opponent off the guys that you just listed off there? Um. Because I do, but I want to see if you have a, a similar thought. I mean, Maine came into Mullins and won, which, uh, yeah, that's not great. I think. My ideal opponent out of these six teams would be New Hampshire. Yep, that's what I was going to say as well. They don't play well on the road at all. Uh, seems like it would be uh, an okay opponent. Vermont, too, would be It's okay. just very unlikely that we would play them, I think. I'm Yeah. I think I mean, UNH has to beat BC at Conti, which is going to be a tough task. Right. I, I know it can't be – I don't think it could be Merrimack because they're the best team mm-hmm. in the first round. Uh I think most likely we play Providence then. Yeah, if all the favorites win out in those three games, then it'll be Providence, which is scary. It's still. a little bit, yeah. Providence came in and beat UMass at the Mullins. Also, I think BC would be scary. Obviously, you saw what just happened. Yeah, I mean, I think right now it's just a case of do or die for UMass. And yeah. They need to shut us up. You know what I mean? Oh, please shut us up. Please shut us up. Like... I like. I feel like we can pretty safely say. I think a couple of players have probably listened in at least at some point. Yeah. Um, and you know they might be listening to this and they might be calling us idiots. Who knows? I mean, but, we are. I mean, yeah. Let, yeah. Let's be real here. Like, yeah. we definitely we don't know what we're talking about one hundred percent of the time. Again, a couple of UMass grads talking about a team that we love. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just the the reality of it. But I think that's part of the reason why we're so harsh is because we love these guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We want them to give everything for the team. We want them to win a natty got to hold him to a high standard like i know coach you know coach carvel and everybody else is already doing that and grand scheme of things we're just two other guys that are just hoping that we can kind of get through to them you know what i mean right. but we <sighs> just we just got to do better right i agree evan and i get uh, a little worried making these because like obviously we know the team has somewhat of a pulse on it we don't we don't want to be too hard. Like obviously, our emotions are getting the better of us. One hundred percent. This is we're we're recording this literally right after Northeastern won their game and won hockey east. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, our emotions are running hot right now. Um, again, we're two idiots just talking about our favorite teams. So yeah. we're biased. We are very passionate about UMass and very invested. So it just upsets us when we have weekends like this. But obviously, we. Love everybody on the team. We have no ill will at all. We just kind of are getting our emotions out. Well, I'm sure when we wake up in the morning, we'll be all right. But yeah, and again, just I just want to see this team do well on Saturday. Yeah, you know what I mean. Please shut us up. I want to have a nice happy pod at the end of the day and be like, all right, guys, moving on. We're going to playing in Boston in March. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I remember we heard that commercial what like three or four years ago now. All about the hockey East playoffs, and they had Carvel on the big screen playing in Boston in March. Like, that's what we that's what we do. That's what we play for. So, just get it done. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. Yeah, looking forward. Uh, 
We will have a vlog of our whole weekend coming up. If you enjoy drinking our tears, go check that out. Yeah. No, it should it should still be a fun video. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, we have the vlog coming out and we'll have the VC arena review coming out at some point midweek, which That'll be a fun one. I have some hot takes on that place. Yeah. Um yeah, we're gonna try to get some kind of playoff preview organized, I think, next week, which which should be interesting too if you yeah. Something to look forward to. But, yeah, other than that, thank you to everybody that came and said hi to us over the weekend. It was overwhelming the amount of yeah, that amount of people we, we met uh, and talked to. It was really cool. I love when that happens. If you guys see us out at the game on Saturday, feel free to come say hi. We love talking to you guys. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hockey aside, phenomenal weekend. Everybody we got to talk to. Oh, and yeah. Everything we got to do. But just... Love all the support. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, people talking to us, like, about, like, the podcast and everything. Like, it's awesome hearing, like, the feedback. Like, I never, like, literally, when we came up with the idea, I didn't really think that it was going to blow up. Like, this would be so well-received. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even trying to, like, pat our own backs here. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, everybody's been talking about, like, how they think that we've just been doing a solid job, like, filling in a void. You know, like, there's not really a lot of UMass hockey podcast content. I think we're the only ones doing it, frankly. Like, I guess... You want to count like the athletic stuff where they do like interviews with coaches? Hockey, hockey only. Exactly. Only yeah, we're like only. pure hockey and stuff, and like I'm just so happy that like everybody's been loving it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that really kind of helps me like stay motivated. Like I'm obviously gonna stay right. motivated regardless, but like if we were getting five views on a podcast, it's like how much more effort are we gonna put in? But like knowing right. that so many people are listening to these, like it just drives at least me, and certainly it does for you too, Ken. Yeah. Like just just really drives us to kind of keep keep pounding away at it and just keep putting yeah. in so much effort. So, thank yeah, you. Thank you. It definitely makes it a lot easier for us to get up and yeah. get the willpower to do an episode on a, on a day like today. But yeah. we'll see. If you, if you guys want to hear from us, we're, we're going to be here. We've got a content for the people. Yeah. Luckily, we weren't doing this one too late. It's only 11. <laughs> I, think our, I think our high score right now is one thirty in the morning. Yep. So, My um, editing high score, I think, is 3.30. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it a high score. That might be a low score (laughs) at this point. Holy moly. We love getting content out there for you guys. That's the bottom line. Uh, Other than that, thank you guys again for listening, and go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Let's get a dub on Saturday. Mm